This is Real Talk Torah, courtesy of The Database with Rabbi Yehoshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yehoshua Eisenberg, and welcome back to The Database. Now, for today's issue, we are going to talk about what we've learned from 2020. Yes, it is almost New Year's on the secular calendar, and whether or not you care about the secular New Year, and whether or not you care to watch a ball fall down and say the words Happy New Year, um... Anyone who knows anything about 2020 knows that it was an interesting year, and for a lot of people, it was a very difficult year. And I wanted to, you know, reflect a little bit and talk about some of the things that as Yidin, as Yorei Shemayim and Torah-observant Yidin, what the Hashkafa for us should be, and what we should be taking away from this very interesting and different year. And... There's a lot to be said about that. And you might be thinking, wow, this guy's a little bit pretentious. Is he going to try to explain the Holocaust next? And, okay, whoa, don't get so extreme on me. Um, in, in previous Real Talks, to, um, Real Talk Torahs, I've said that, you know, it's not a matter of explaining why things happen the way they do. No one can know the answer to that. We've had a Real Talk Torah that was devoted to... Um, lessons we can learn from COVID-19. Some of those might resurface here. We've spoken a lot about the really interesting and and wild and chaotic election cycle that we've had this year, and some of those ideas might resurface here. I definitely recommend you go back and listen to them. And in terms of whether or not it is presumptuous, conceited, pretentious, and arrogant of me to try to enlighten you about different things we should learn from this past year. So we'll get to, in a second, why I think you should give me a chance and why I think what I'm going to talk about is the opposite of any of those things. Now, before we do that, I wanted to just make one quick reflection and um, acknowledgement on the podcast in general. You know, this sounds like an end-of-year podcast, and in truth, I haven't been doing this podcast, the database, and all of its series from Real Talk Torah to Muslim Minutes to Parsha Panorama to BTW, Baltavila Workshop, all the different things that we have going on on this podcast have not been going on for very long. The podcast is only um, just over a, a month or two old. And what I wanted to do right now is to just thank all of you who are listening right now and thank all of you who have listened thus far. The truth is, it really means a lot to me. When I started this podcast, um, you know, it was, you know, if, if if I wasn't Jewish, I would call it a gamble. But as a, as a yid, you know, we don't we don't gamble, um, except when we're playing dreidel, and maybe that's a question itself. But Hanukkah's over, and we're not talking about that now. But when I when I did it, you know, I wasn't sure if this was something that I wanted to do, or if it was something that would be productive or worthwhile. But I see from the listenership and I see from all the people who give me feedback, which, by the way, um, you know, it's a real chizuk for me. So I, I love to hear the feedback. I love to see that people are listening and enjoying the podcast and enjoying the Torah and are gaining from the Torah that, that I try to provide on this podcast. So it really, really means a lot. So I wanted to just thank you for listening. Thank you for um, making this podcast run because... You know, if it was just for me to record myself and hear my own voice. So um, I'm definitely not conceited and insane enough to do that. 
Um, the fact that people are listening, that it, that tells me that people are gaining from it. So that's that, that's more than I could have asked for with this podcast. So thank you so much. So if you've contributed by commenting, by reaching out to me, um, certainly by um, bringing in a sponsorship. The truth is, um, um, you know, despite all the wonderful sponsorships so far, we have actually not had one in a little bit. So if you do want to sponsor, um, there is a small fee that I have to pay for this podcast. And, uh, you know, I don't really like asking for money. And, you know, Bezra Hashem, I'm going to try to continue to do the podcast with or without your sponsorship, but the sponsorship always helps. And since it is for the sake of Harbatsas Torah, you can be out of Miser. So, you know, the, the 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 basic sponsorship, if I would name anything just to keep it traditional, would be for $18, Chai, um, and from Miser. And you could just reach out to thedatabase at gmail.com. And as you know, that's the data and then base, B-E-I-S, as in a base medrash, because, you know, this is about Torah. So um, thank you so much for 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 listening and for enjoying and for commenting and for contributing in any which way. And now let's get to today's issue. So again, things we can learn from 2020. Um, so again, this sounds like I'm about to enlighten everybody about here's the things that I think you should take away from 2020 and why do you want to hear it from me? And why do I think you should hear it from me? Well, I think the big lesson, and if anyone should be complacent and arrogant as to think that here's the main takeaway from from 2020, so I would say to them that you should humble down, you should, you know, mellow a little bit and relax and not be so sure of yourself. And in fact, that is what I think the takeaway lesson of 2020 is. I think that if there's one thing we've learned from the crazy year of 2020, it's to have a certain level of anivas, of humility, and sneas, modesty. We should definitely not be so sure of ourselves. You know, there, there are so many things, so many assumptions that we've had that were challenged. Things that we take for granted that were no longer granted. Things that we were sure were set in stone and all of a sudden, the rug was pulled out from under it. Um, whether your schedule changed because of COVID-19, whether you had a certain expectation about what would occur during the elections, I think we are starting to see that there's so much craziness, so much unpredictability, that at this point, nothing should be unpredictable. You know, we should not be surprised by anything that happens anymore because there's so many surprises that the next surprise should just be the new status quo. But the point is that there is no status quo anymore. And it's, it's ironic because despite all the new things, the new experiences that we are going through in 2020, it seems that the more crazy things happen in this year, the more people assume they know what the answer is. The more, you know, the, the more people assume that they know what should be done. So, for example, when it came to COVID-19, so in terms of masks, vaccine, will there be a vaccine? Oh, there's a vaccine. Cool. Um, what's the story with the vaccine and lockdowns and shutdowns and schools open? How's that going to affect elections? And how about minyonim and all these things? So, Mamela, everyone had an opinion on these things. And people were so sure 
And I'm not saying that there weren't, you know, um, occurrences of Chil Hashem that um, happened. There certainly were. There were plenty of people that were taking it seriously, plenty of people that weren't taking it seriously. And we shouldn't be proud of the people who are not making a Kiddush Hashem and were Chas Vashem doing the opposite. But there's a certain way about how people express things um, that I think there might not, there just might not be a place for it. So... Yes, there is a place for being mochiach or to give tochacha, to reprove someone for doing the wrong thing. But it seems that the natural tendency nowadays, just like you find in politics, is whatever, whenever you have an opinion on something, you sound off on social media or um, on WhatsApp or wherever or in, in, a, in, a, in an article on, on a news outlet, you know, let's say an opinion piece or, in a, you know, it, wherever. And this is true with politics, this is true with religious politics, and it's certainly true, it was true with COVID-19, that people, you have people sounding off and screaming into the skies. What ends up happening is they end up speaking to, or they, they, they preach to the choir within their own echo chamber, and the only thing that really results is that people just end up being more divided. And it's kind of interesting that one of the things that has not changed in 2020 um, and if anything, it only got worse, is how divided we are as a country, certainly the political scheme. Um, you know, um, it's, 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 you know, we would have thought that when COVID-19 hit, it would have been a little bit more like 9-11, where for at least five minutes, you know, everyone in America was united. Um, but I don't know if it's my hindsight bias, but it seems to me that it was inevitable that COVID-19 was going to be politicized. And this is not to suggest that COVID-19 isn't as dangerous as it is and isn't as life-threatening. You know, like we all know people um, who had fallen to COVID-19, but two things could be true at once. It could be, you know, that it's real and it's also politicized. And, well, for no moment at all was there ever unity in all of this. And in part... You know, that's because of the political divide. And part of that is because, you know, within the political divide, in many senses, there's also religious divide. You know, there, there might be overlap um, um, between different sects in the political world and in the religious world. But ultimately, it's, it's very hard to unify around something when we don't really have what to unify around. So let's say if, if it's a question of religiosity, so if there's a whole group of people that, that don't believe in God, that they think that this is a godless world, and godless, therefore, they refuse to see the godless of a Kaddish Baruch in this world. So it's really hard to rally around something. Um, but hopefully the people that I'm speaking to right now, all of you, are all Yidin. We all believe in a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And so that is why, you know, for us, it's a little bit easier to try to unify. But of course, even within the religious world, it's hard because... Um, we're still divided even there. And that can be by sect. It can be by politics. But um, there's there's a lot to be said about all of these things. And yes, so even though, again, you know, who who really knows anything about all these things? There's a lot of lessons that we can learn. And you might say that it is a little bit pretentious to try to, to glean a lesson or for at least for me to try to enforce a lesson from COVID-19. But, uh, but you know, just as I said in the Real Talk Torah, the early one that I devoted to COVID-19, which was titled A COVID Dick Response, um, 
you know, just like I'm not going to try to explain the Holocaust and anyone who thinks they can um, doesn't know what they're talking about. Um, but the same thing here. You know, these are just some things that you can take away. And, and what I thought, you know, was one of the most important. Who can argue, really, who can who can argue with the moral of Anivas that we should all, you know, really um, be a little bit more open-minded, open-hearted, and less sure of ourselves, you know, considering the turbulent times, considering all the things that are unpredictable in this world. You know, again, the new, the, the new status quo should be that things don't surprise us anymore because things are so crazy, so many things, whether um, with COVID-19 or whether with elections, so many things crazy, so many things that were not expected. We should now just expect the unexpected um, because it's Hashem's world. Right. One thing that COVID-19 reminded us is that it's Hashem's world. You had your schedule, guess what? Not anymore. Your schedule changed. You thought you were going to show up? Oh, guess what? You're not going to show up. Okay, we're going to show again. And But, you know, we're doing it with masks. You know, we're, 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 we're in Gullis, and we should feel a sense of Gullis. You know, and that's what we're feeling now. We're recognizing that it's Hashem's world. It's not our own world. And, you know, we can, um, I might call it sober up, we can sober up from this high, and we're starting to a little bit, you know, the, this, when I call it a high, I mean this awareness of a Kaddish Baruch, whose world, the changes that we're experiencing, constantly reminding us that Hashem is in charge and not us. So that can wear off. And we don't want that to happen, right? The humility that we have can wear off. Um, and what's interesting is, you know, normally I would say to sober down means to become humble. In this case, to sober down means to, or what it really means is to actually get drunk, to get drunk on the high of, okay, we can deal with this, that, that that's dangerous, right? Um, um, I guess in, a, in another sense, I would say to be skeptical or to be cynical, um, you know, that's usually what we mean when, when, we, when we sober down about things, that we start to get a little bit cynical. But it should be the opposite now. We shouldn't be cynical about anything. You know, even with elections, you know, like elections is one of those things that people who swore by the polls, right, the polls said a certain thing. And regardless with what the current projected, um, um, you know, results are saying, even so, the polls were wrong. The truth is we don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We just don't know what the future is going to bring. And if you haven't gotten that down by now, like, you know, there is something wrong with you. If 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 you if you think you know for sure what tomorrow is going to bring, like Hashem's gonna have to throw you off your horse, you know, so unless you're gonna get off your high horse on your own, because you know this is this is this is the world we live in. It's, it's Hashem's world. It's not ours, and so many things are changing every day that we we don't even know what's gonna be tomorrow. The answer then is to have bitachon, and part of that is. Um, to not be so sure of ourselves, be sure of Hashem. So, you know, that's 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 really the, I would say, at least the, the, the beginning of all of this. Now, perhaps another lesson, you know, something that I was talking about with a friend just a couple of nights ago. I, you know, I made reference to elections, and you know, we've had Real Talk Torahs more than once devoted to the elections, which was a big um, thing in the news this year. But how overrated are these elections, right? 
you know, that, you know, when it, when it came, it was big. And, and I, I said this point multiple times that I'm not saying elections don't have consequences. They obviously do. But the question is, how many of those consequences affect us every single day? They only affect us every single day because we're reading the news every single day. And I'm not saying that you should absolutely not read the news at all. Um, and certainly um, it draws our attention. And sometimes it's good to know what's going on in the world around us. But the level to which it consumes us is pretty ridiculous. And especially considering, um, you know, especially considering how quickly, you know, the, the elections are, you know, they, they came by. They did what they did, they ended, and that's that. And you know, we all go back to regular life. And in a certain sense, yeah, things are not so regular anymore. But okay, the elections—they happened. How much did we? How how much time did we waste on elections? How much time did we waste on gluing our eyes to an electoral map? for, you know, wishing for some result, whatever, you know, whichever side you were on. And even so, you know, in the political world, you know, there are crazy bombshells happening every single day, left and right. And I don't just mean that politically, but certainly, yes, politically, there are things happening all the time. And we, the question we always um, end up encountering is who do we, who do we trust about the information that's coming out? There's one thing that we've learned is that we just can't trust everything we read because there are two political sides and one of them is uh, you know, they can't both absolutely be right unless they're agreeing on something, right? When they're agreeing on something, then maybe they're right. But who do we trust? Whom do we trust? At this point, there, 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 there should be no one person that we trust, really, you know, unless it's a person that's really close to you. And even so, you can trust them and not even be sure of what what the truth of the matter is. The, the, the ones that we should trust are the Yerushimayim. We should trust, in terms of COVID, it should be medically um, informed post um, people who know both halacha and who have access to important medical information. But other than that, you know, there, there's only one. Um, no one to trust Elav, you know, And again, since we are, you know, we, we are in the Ekvah of the Mashiach. So I don't know how soon Mashiach is coming, but, you know, we, should, we shouldn't be surprised if he came really, really soon, and Bezra Hashem should. But at this point, really, no nace, no nace should surprise us at this point. Because so many different things that were unexpected have already happened. And there's another another irony about um, 2020 that I wanted to talk about. And that is what I think to be a little bit silly, but almost heretical and paganistic view that people have had of 2020. I'm not trying to say that 2020 was not a hard year for people. You know, we, we all know someone, who, again, who, uh, who either fell to COVID-19, Rahman al-Salan, Lolinu, um, or we know someone who knows someone. Baruch Hashem, you know, there are a lot of people who were also blessed to succeed through this time. It was a hard time for many people, whether because of a death of a loved one in the most extreme cases, or psychological and emotional stress, or financial for people who had to, to be out of work. So this, this certainly was true. What I do think is a little bit strange is the view that people have that, oh, you know, like, can't wait for 2020 to end. Right? You see memes like that. You see social media posts like that. You're like, oh, yeah, can't, can't, you know, can't wait for 2020 to end or curses 2020. Or, oh, oh how, how could 2020 get even worse? So my question to all of those people is, do you think that once the secular new year hits, right, there's going to be a ball that drops and everyone's going to say, happy new year. 
right? So when, when, the, when the final digit of the number of the year is no longer a zero so that it's not 2020 anymore, but it's going to be 2021, is there any reason why everything should magically change because the number is different? Either there were memes like a person turns the calendar and then it says, you know, December 32, uh, 2020, as if 2020 is not ending. And the person's like freaked out. But, you know, like, is there a real difference between the numbers? I'm not saying we shouldn't have it and hope that the next year is going to be a better one. We definitely should. But it's a little bit paganistic to think, you know, that just because the secular year number has changed, that that, that means all of a sudden um all of our all, all of our troubles are going to go away what we should be thinking about is uh, you know if you, if you want to give hashivas if you want to be machshiv the new year on the secular calendar we should be thinking about is what can i do based on what god has given me in this scenario you know um god has given me a hand of cards and how am i going to deal with that hand of cards am i going to try to make the world around me a better place by actually, you know, getting up and doing something or starting an initiative, whether it's spreading Torah or just learning more Torah on our own or davening for people or, you know, instead of spending so much time on the news, we can use the same amount of time to open up an art scroll sitter and, you know, learn a piece of davening that we didn't know before because our davening should certainly be getting stronger now and not weaker. Or let's say it's the area of chesed that we want, want to work on. So maybe we can't do, maybe we're not good at doing big things. So we can do little things. You can reach out across and not just sound off on social media, um, you know, with, um, you know, a, a projection of altruism, which may or may not be actually altruistic. You can say, instead of just saying, hey, if you want, if, you, if anyone needs to reach out because they just need to talk, talk to me. You know, you could be that person that finds someone else who is in need of, of help and you can, reach out to them and talk to them and ask them how they're doing. You know, just a thought, just something to show that you're there for the person. You know, there isn't a shortage of things to daven for it. And, you know, when it, whether or even learning Torah, you know, all the time that we spend on listening to news, we could also be listening to a shir, halacha, musr, whatever it is. And by the way, I'll take the moment right now, you know, something that I was thinking about is if I should be creating a new series on the podcast. If anyone has... Another kind of series that you think, um, in terms of Torah, that you think would be enjoyable. You know, you could always reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's base, B-E-I-S. You can reach out and, you know, if you have an idea, you know, I was thinking off the bat, if you wanted to do a Musser Safe, or if you wanted me to do a podcast on Rav Chaim Shemulevitz's Sichlas Musser, or the Ramchal's classics, such as Masil Sisharim or Derech Hashem, or maybe a Halacha podcast, you know, if, if, if there's anything that you that you think is interesting, you know, we can we can talk about you know doing a podcast for that. So definitely reach out if you have any ideas. If there's something that you want to hear more about, and you want to hear it coming from my voice, so let me know. But the point is that this is a time where we should not just sit by and let history unfold. Right? Hashem is in charge, and Bitachun um, requires us to recognize that Hashem is in charge and to not. You know, to not worry so much, but to rest assured that whatever happens in this world, Hashem is in charge and He's in control. But that does not mean that we should just sit by and let it happen. This is a time where we should partner with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the unfolding of Mashiach, as in we are, we are in the Ikvas of the Mashiach. And so we could partner with Hashem by pushing forth 
you know, by by hustling and 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 not and, and not str- straggling behind. And so whether it's in davening, whether it's in, in Talmud Torah, or in Gemilas Chasadim, so in any of these pillars, we can be engaged in the world, and we can, you know, with with utmost humility, we're trying to say, you know, what can I do to to up my game in Avodas Hashem, so that when Mashiach comes. Um, I will be on the good side of the Chavle Mashiach, right? There's, we, we, we're already witnessing a lot of negative and a lot of pain that comes with the Chavle Mashiach. Unfortunately, so many lives had to be lost at this time, which is very unfortunate. Um, it's very tragic. But the more we push through and think about what can I do from where I'm standing right now, you know, and we're not talking about changing the world. We're talking about even more local things. And even if it's not, you know, changing our neighborhood, but just changing our own schedule to make more time for things that are serious, like Ratzon Hashem, Avodos Hashem. So we could be on the better side of the Chavle Mashiach when the Gula ultimately comes. You know, this is this is the opportunity. You know, we can be a part of 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 that amazing turnaround. And instead of you know blaming twenty twenty for everything, you know, going into twenty twenty one. We could think about from our standpoint, from our vantage point, how well, you know what we can do better. Um, but you know, I, I I think I think that ultimately that's what all of this comes down to. You know, what, what do we take away from twenty twenty? You know, maybe it's that you know we're not in charge. We should be more and more conscious of a Baruch Hu. We should be more and more conscious of our own place, our own role, and that means that. We should be humble. We should not take anything for granted. And, you know, if your schedule changed, you know, don't let that wear off. And then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to get used to it. You know, Baruch Hashem, we're able to get used to things, and there's a good thing about that. But there's also a, a downside, and that is that any positive effects that we got from the shock factor, you know, the, if, the, if we if we don't take advantage now, those things can fade away. This is not the time to let things fade away. The closer and closer we get to Mashiach, the more we should be pushing and marching and trekking towards the end. We want to be partners with Hashem. We don't, you know, we don't want to just be spectators. We want to be players. And you know, the, this is our chance. It's going to happen with with our humility. You know, it's not going to happen with us. You know, um, you know, doing things and trying to get the limelight for it. Um, but in, in our in our own little way to 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 make everything better for ourselves and for other people, you know we can um, we 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 can make the next year you know better than the one before. You know, twenty 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 with all the difficulty, I would say that you know for many people it was a very productive year in terms of Talmud Torah. Just seeing you know just in my own yeshiva how people were working really hard. A lot of yeshivas, you know, the Mesiris Nefesh for learning and for davening, by the way. Um, whether whether a minion worked out, whether, you know, guidelines were properly kept or not, you know, obviously we hope that um, the people are not in danger, that lives are not threatened by our own practices. But the point is, what we see is the rut zone, that people... people Want to connect to things that are bigger than themselves, and that's 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 um, the Ratzon Habore, and we can all be a part of that. So, I guess I guess for now, you know, there there were so many real talk Torahs devoted to 
um, things like elections, things like COVID-19, and you should go back and listen to them. I just went back and listened to them recently, and all the ideas are still relevant. There's so much we can learn, and yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I think once again, the biggest takeaway is to to keep going in life with a certain level of anivos and vitachon, and with that recognition that Hashem is in charge, and just focus on the things that we can change, try to make everything better from where we stand. And Be'ezras Hashem, you know, the next year will be a year for us to be proud of, and hopefully it'll be a year of, of Yeshua's. Anyway, that's all the time we have left for this Real Talk Torah. In the meantime, keep it real, keep talking, and most importantly, keep the Torah. Thanks for joining us here at The Database.